It's a very special edition of Locked On Twins. It's the Locked On Twins and Padres crossover with our good friend Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres, who you can see on the screen right now. We will get to him in just a second. But the Twins took two of three from the Padres and are now going to welcome the Cubs to Target Field. How did the Twins manage to take down the Pods after losing game one of the series? We'll answer all this and more in today's Locked On Twins Padres crossover. So sit back. Buckle up and get comfortable because Locked on Twins and Padres starts now. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, hey, what do you say? Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And of course, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is your team every day. We have a very special show for you, so we'll get through the housekeeping stuff real quickly. But there is a... Uh, we, we love to have you in the comments. I, I was meant to say that. Uh, hang out in the comments on YouTube. We'll do our best to hang out with you. Come chat. We'll ask questions, answer questions. Also, too... Second segment of the show is the bullpen when we're rolling solo. And if you want to have questions answered on that, hit us up on Twitter at LockedOnTwins, at Brandon underscore Warren. Whatever it takes, DMs are open. And finally, don't forget to check out the Locked On Twins breathless post-game minutes. Right away after each game, we'll do some pregame ones too, but it's mostly going to be posts. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time, our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And Twins play the Cubs in the series opener on Friday, Target Field, 7, 10 p.m. A couple of surprising veteran starters in this one, Sonny Gray against Drew Smiley. Check out Smiley. He's a southpaw. So the Twins will probably have a little different lineup rolling, especially with Max Kepler coming out of the game early. So he may be taking a seat no matter what. Anyway, you can catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with Corey and Danny on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Easy peasy. Let's dive right in. First of all, our friend Javier, how are we doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Uh, despite my team's inadequacies, uh, and uh, look, look, they haven't been that bad. Uh, maybe inadequacies is a strong word, but they've been frustrating as all heck, right? They're yeah. not the worst team in baseball, but given all the hype and everything, really rough. And this series ends uh, not just with game two, but also with game three, just kind of the same old, same old. Riders in square position has kind of right. been the name of the Padres' uh, issues thus far. Uh, and that's not to take away from your squad. I like the Twins. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this was the first time... I pulled up numbers. This is the first time that the Padres had played at Target Field since I think it was 2017. There was a series, a two-game series, and the Twins won one of the games 16 to 0. And mm. then they also <laughs> won the other one 3-1. So a 19 to 1 aggregate. We'll talk about those games in a little bit here. Uh, but I do want to ask you, you know, just initially, uh, mm. what are your impressions of the series? Because uh, three very competitive games, uh, six, mm -hmm. one, four, three, five, three. So no blowouts, you know, the first one got away from the twins a little bit mm -hmm. after, um, after they tied it up and especially two in the bullpen with their bigger guys 
And that's kind of been a struggle of late. Griffin Jacks has been embattled a little bit. And uh, that was kind of the, the evidence of that there. But, um, you know, Michael Walker does a pretty good job keeping the Twins off balance. All things told, though, uh, impressions of the series for you. Um, in general, I would say that that's a good point you raised, that every game was competitive. And even despite the 6-1 um, loss for the Twins, at least, and win for the Padres, like that was because of a ninth inning home run from Manny Machado. So like mm-hmm. the game up until then, it was a 3-1 game. Like That's not entirely crazy. And as evidenced by the following night, Josh Hader is not immortal, right? Like He will have some mistakes every now and then. Um, but I think in general, it's, it's certainly not a series that it, for Padres fans and myself, it's not a series that by itself drives you insane. Um, they, I don't think that they've really had a series this year, except for maybe they had a stretch against the Brewers and Braves where they literally scored like two runs in five games or something like that, right? Like, aside from that, though, in a vacuum, this wasn't the most frustrating series. It's a very quality team. They've got good defensive players. You've got Bucks, and you've apparently got someone robbing Manny Machado of all of his hits in game three of this game, uh, of this series. So, look, it, it's a competitive team, but at some point, with all the hype, with all the talent, with all the payroll, and with just all the overall momentum heading into the season, you can't just make the excuse of, oh, well, it was a good team, so we shouldn't feel bad. It's like, no, like you have to beat teams like this. You have to show up, and more and more, it feels like the Padres are just a, a solid team that can certainly make some noise in the playoffs. I'm not afraid of the playoffs, uh, as evidenced by the Phillies last year. They weren't necessarily the most amazing regular season team, and they went super far. Uh, same thing goes right. for the Padres last year, too. So that's not an issue, but just in terms of that whole dethroning the Dodgers from winning the NL West, it's looking increasingly unlikely, uh, considering how much they've underperformed so far. Well, and the Dodgers coming up next. How much yeah. solace, if any, do you take in the fact that the Dodgers, especially offensively, I think they have one of the worst team batting averages through 30-some or whatever, 40 games mm-hmm. in franchise history. In fact, I actually did the notes for um, what's uh, – is it – S? no, it's not SNY. Uh, what, whatever their network is out in um, in L.A. Uh, and they had, yeah, one of the lowest batting averages for the team out of the, out of the gates. So, I mean, do you take any solace in the fact that the Dodgers aren't running away with it? Or are you more like, yeah, their offense has not been good and they're still leading the division and they're still – number of games over 500 um you know where do you stand on the dodgers right now the dodgers certainly look like they're not invincible i i I will give that much this is still a very quality team they're still doing the classic dodger thing which is getting a lot of production out of players you might not have heard of or players that seem to be washed up in the case Mm -hmm. of someone like jason hayward and then james outman and miguel vargas have been really like potentially rookie of the year candidates on that team uh vargas i actually predicted on my show previously uh, before the season started, I thought he was going to be very good, but uh, Outman is just totally like classic Dodgers nonsense, right? Like nobody was talking about this guy and he's been great. And it's funny because you bring up the batting average, like they're like 26 in batting average. And then, well, the Padres are 27th, so I can't even take solace in that. So they haven't been great. The Twins are 30th, and, so. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, maybe that tells you sometimes batting average doesn't tell the full story, especially in the regular season. Yeah. Uh, I know that the Dodgers have still scored some runs. They've hit some home runs. The Padres were on the negative side of that with the Mookie Betts home run that tied the Sunday night game. Um, I don't know. I just think that the only solace you can take is that the Dodgers are certainly not looking unstoppable the way that they have previously. Part of me being the cynical, just, you know, just pile of trash that I am makes me think that maybe it's actually a great thing that the Dodgers aren't this regular season behemoth because they seemingly choked 
every single year in the playoffs that they have been a regular season behemoth. So maybe the, the lack of expectations is actually going to be good for them. I hope not. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a fun series. It's always a fun series between the Pirates and Dodgers, especially the past few years. But yeah, it's just been you'd think that a lineup that starts with Tatis and Machado and Soto and Bogarts that they would be able to maybe not be the worst team with runners in scoring position in baseball. I don't think that's that crazy of an ask, but unfortunately that's where we are. Yeah. And it's a fun rivalry series. I mean, it's obviously not giants and Dodgers, but mm-hmm. it's the same way as saying that twins white Sox isn't exactly, you know, Yankees, Red Sox. It's just, mm-hmm. you can only really have a rivalry with, uh, you know, the teams you face uh, impressions of target field, because this was mm-hmm. only, I believe, uh, this final game was the 10th all time for the Padres at target field uh, two and eight at target field. So it's been a house of horrors to to say the least, but mm-hmm. uh, any impressions of the ballpark just from your vantage point? I will say, first of all, I do like target field uh, being on the East coast. I've seen plenty of Yankees games there. Uh, I'm a fan on Fort, not to bring up the team that seems to have slayed you guys too many and times. Won, we will. The twins <laughs> won the season series this year. Four they, three, did. So. they did. I was really happy. I was like, great. Yeah. You know, I root, I root for the twins. I like their yeah. players, but um, firstly, I, I will say, I love that. We actually just get to play every team. Um, yeah. Congratulations to major league baseball, figuring yeah. out that, over the course of five months of games every day, maybe you should make it that everybody plays each other at least once. I, I right. mean, it's just brilliant on their part to figure that out. Um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing the ballpark. I thought it was great. I've always liked the Twins um, target field. I always think it's been a, a pretty cool ballpark. I like the kind of the right field, uh, like kind of stands and bleachers yep. or whatever you want to call it. I always love that look. It's one of my the favorite overhang. things. Yeah, the overhang. Thank you. It uh, looks really sit. great. Yeah, it looks really great. And I imagine it's a fun place to sit. Unfortunately, it might have robbed maybe Mr. Manny Machado in this last game, uh, according to StatCast. He had a ball. Yep. It was a double, but 24 out of 30 ballparks, it would have been a home run. Not complaining, just pointing it up for people at home uh, that hopefully Machado is at least getting it going a little bit on top of the fact that he got a hit robbed from him. You might have had like a, a monster game, yeah. if not for that center fielder of yours. Well, if, uh, if well, yeah, it was, it was- was he the one with the the diving catch, Nick Gordon? Because Michael A. Taylor had a couple nice plays too. So. I think both of them had a diving catch yeah. to take away from. Well, and to, to be fair, uh, Joey Gallo had a home run taken away from that limestone too. Mm-hmm. So absolutely fair is fair. Let's talk about game time for a second. One of our very fun sponsors. If you're ever looking for tickets, I don't know about you, Javier. I I stress out about concerts and all kinds of fun stuff. And this is the place to find them last minute. Uh, you just download the app or you can go to gametime.co, not.com. Make sure you go to gametime.co and you can get last minute tickets. Best prices mm-hmm. anywhere. You get a great deal. I am going to a podcast this summer called Small Town Murder. And mm-hmm. other than sport events, you can you can get all kinds of stuff. It's It's not strictly sports. I know we're talking about sports. And all that stuff. Um, you know, I don't know what you do outside of baseball, but again, concerts, everything. It, uh, you know, you can do it. You can get the tickets without the stress at game time. Just download the app. Super simple. Create an account. Use the code locked on MLB. Get 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem the code locked on MLB. Get 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, as we move into the bullpen, I, I name these segments. 
I have the opener of the bullpen in the seventh inning stretch. It's pet names. It's just kind of fun, mm-hmm. kind of chintzy. Um, it's something I do, kind of like not turning on my microphone before shows, <laughs> which I do not recommend. Um, however, uh, before I was about to leave segment one, I wanted to ask a couple things about this lineup. Mm-hmm. And I kind of have my answer, but it still is so surprising to me that Juan Soto does not hit lead off in this lineup because plate discipline, he's on base nonstop. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone explained to me that he likes to see more pitches. So that makes sense. But at the end of the day, I mean, my goodness, if anybody in this game today was born to hit leadoff, Juan Soto's at the top of my list. Absolutely. And I think that there's a couple reasons for this. First of all, it is also that in a vacuum, I think that that would make sense. I think that mm-hmm. with his play discipline, with the fact that, you know, he could still hit for power, certainly, but just having that guy to start off a game where you're like, oh my God, I, I can't, I, he's just, just going to walk every time. That is yep. certainly a thing. And I think that that's worth considering, but there's two things. I think number one is that Fernando Tatis Jr. for most of his career has been that leadoff guy. And I think that there's a bunch of reasons for that. I think it's because he sees more fastballs. It's sort of a game blow flow thing. You just see overall pitchers tend to throw fastballs more to the leadoff guy because you don't want to put a guy like Tatis on base, especially with his speed. And he crushes fastballs because he's you know El Nino and he's great. Right. So I think that's part of it. I think that Juan Soto has said before that he does kind of like the three spot. They haven't always used him there, but that's part of it as well. And I think that with with Tatis, I also think it's one of those things where you can't really go wrong uh, yeah. in a lot of ways. And I think that Bob Melvin has been experimenting. I know that a few weeks ago they put Manny Machado at fifth in the lineup oh, because he'd been struggling so much. And yeah. it was only the second or third time he, that has ever happened in his career, which gives you a little bit of an encapsulation into how poor of a season he's had so far. But yeah. Like they're experimenting. I still think they're that's maybe that's a thing. Maybe we're trying to see still what is the final Padres lineup going to look like? Is it going to be Bogarts leading off? I don't know. Is it going to be Tatis being third because it's Soto for that? I think that there's still some experimenting going on. And I think that you saw after um, Wednesday's game, I'm sorry, Thursday's game, that you saw that Bob Melvin was, you know, he was pretty hot after the game. He gets ejected in this yeah. one too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in one of those ejections where I just went to the bathroom and then I just heard like, and Bob Melvin's been ejected. I'm like, Wait, what just happened? It was one yeah. of those. Um, so that was really entertaining. But I think that uh, it's it's a game flow thing with the fastballs. I think it's his speed on the base paths. And just overall, he's used to hitting leadoff. And he yeah. generally does pretty good there uh, for the most part of his career. His WRC plus numbers are good. Yeah. Um, not that he's awful in three, but I think that's kind of the main reason for that. But again, I could be wrong. They might bat soda lead off just to shake things up in the next series yeah now before we get into more lineup talk also to thank you for making locked on twins and locked on padres your first listen every day if you're an everyday or make sure check out the show coming up here we'll have full coverage of the upcoming cubs series and i suspect javier you'll do the same with the uh the dodgers mm-hmm. so you'll have some some coverage of that so if you're an everyday or please make sure to hang out the Twins, though, play the Cubs Friday. It's Drew Smiley against Sonny Gray, 7-10 p.m. It's going to be a fun one. Sonny Gray has been absolutely fantastic. Padres missed out on him. And I'm going to ask you, too, about the pitchers the Twins missed out on because um, not seeing Joe Musgrove and Blake Snell, I wonder what that means like for how this series went out. But if you want to catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast, you can hang out with Corey and Danny every game with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search for Twins. Or if you want the Padres with our friend Javier here, you can just search Padres. And actually, 
we've got ads playing on these channels right now. I don't know. Have you heard yours yet? Uh, I don't think I've heard mine yet, but I remember recording it and I did it on like my second or third try, which I was pleased with myself about. Yeah. So I heard mine for the first time on, I'm counting days in my head, Tuesday. I was driving Mm. to Culver's, which is a Midwest thing. So yes, I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay. So I was driving there to get ice cream for my wife and me. And um, I heard it and I was like, Hey, that's kind of cool. So if you are on Sirius XM, listening to these games, you're going to hear us you know, kind of pumping up these shows. So hopefully we're delivering here. But one thing I want to ask you about, what's up with the gap in the batting order though? Because it feels like there's the top five and the bottom four, and there's a very big rift there. And maybe I'm more down on Matt Carpenter than I should be. Like he had a really mm-hmm. nice year last year, but I also mm-hmm. just, he's not in the class of the top five. And I'm including Cronenworth in that class because I think Cronenworth mm-hmm. is a phenomenal ball player. But then you get down into the Rugnet Odors, the Austin Nolas of the world. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the balance of this batting order right now? I think that in theory, the bottom of the lineup shouldn't matter on this team. I think that's in theory. Uh, assuming sure. Machado and Soto and Tatis and Xander are not broken, right? And Xander, for the most part, has been pretty great this year. Uh, he's just had a really slow going of things the past couple of weeks because he was so on fire to start. But mm-hmm. I think that... Um, Carpenter, I sort of, I feel you on that one. He's been a little bit streaky at times. He can still draw some walks. I have some fears that he can't always catch up on those kind of cutters inside. He has Mm -hmm. some weird strikeouts where his bat isn't super fast, which is, I mean, he's old, so I'm not going to be surprised by that, but him and Nelson Cruz as like the DHs of the team have kind of gone back and forth in production when Cruz is hot. Carpenter isn't, and when Carpenter's hot, Cruz isn't necessarily. Uh, but in fairness, Nelson Cruz, actually among all players on the Padres with runners in scoring position, actually has the best batting average of any Padres player, which is nice. really wild. Uh, no, it's not Machado. It's not Carpenter. Uh, it's not all, any of the guys you would think. So that, again, just shows you where the team is at. Um, but there are questions, certainly. Yeah. Hassan Kim, he's got some issues at the plate. I was hopeful that he might be able to make a little bit of an extra step because he did last year. He was about mm-hmm. an average major league at bat. But even with him, though, if you're just if there's going to be a, a, someone who's a negative in your lineup, but the plus is that he's an electric defender, then I'll take that, especially again on this team that has the allegedly the four horsemen of the apocalypse at the top of its lineup. Um, and I think that there's certainly reasons to be concerned with guys like Carpenter and Cruz. How are they going to hold up? Can you really yeah. hope that those guys can be your DHs for the rest of the year? I don't know, but I know that Preller is certainly thinking about it. AJ Preller, the madman, he's going to try yeah. and make a move. I guarantee you. He hasn't made a move in too long. I saw him walking past me when I went to see uh, the Padres play the Mets at City Field. At least I'm 99.9% sure it was wow. him, and it freaked me out so much. Because he was doing the like the walk and then talking on the phone thing, walking really quickly. I was like, oh, that has to be him. Pro- <laughs> That's probably such a talking to Jerry DePoto because they get <laughs> neither of them can go without making a trade for about uh, – <laughs> About five minutes. Yeah. So one of my favorite things to do is called hashtag remembering some guys. And Mm. I have the box scores from the last time the Padres visited the twins. Oh man. And (laughs) so the 16 zero game, probably one I'll have a little more fun with was uh, Kyle Gibson was the winning pitcher. So long time twins mainstay. And it says, Alex Wood. No, mm. sorry, T. Wood. So it must be Travis Wood. Yeah, Travis Wood was the losing pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, 
This is how how it was for the Padres, though. I don't even know if I know these guys. Jay Valdez, C. Mazzoni, I think is Corey Mazzoni, okay, and then yeah. Kay McGrath. So <laughs> not exactly remembered a lot of these guys. Meanwhile, the no. Twins had Kyle Gibson, Glenn Perkins, Michael Tonkin, and Gabrielle Moya. But, yeah, these things happen when you have a 16-1 win. But this is – I'm just going to read you the lineup for the Padres that day just to see if you <laughs> oh, remember no. some guys. Yeah, I'll remember so, some. Leading off in center was Manuel Margot, mm-hmm. Carlos Asuaje at second base. A friend of mine, Josh Kuznick, is or was his agent. Oh, my Jan, gosh. Jan Hervis oh. Solarte. Oh, former, Solarte is a good one. Former Twins That's prospect. That's a gem. I love Solarte. Yeah, yeah. he was a DH. Will Myers at first. Corey mm-hmm. Spangenberger. That's a guy I haven't thought about in a while. Yeah. Third. Mm-hmm. Jabari Blash playing <laughs> right field. Eric Ibar at short. Matt Caesar in left scissor. I think it's Caesar, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not really sure, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Austin Hedges caught. I remember you guys had pretty high hopes for him. I'll just mm-hmm. run down the twins because there's twins fans listening to you, but it's a uh, Dozier, Mauer, Polanco. Polanco still Oof. plays for the twins. Escobar, Buxton. We saw plenty of Buxton. Rosario, Grossman, Castro. And then good old A Ray Adrianza, who is a role player uh-huh. with the Braves right now. So the 3 1 game. This one's gonna be a little less painful because uh yeah Denelson Lamette. Did I say that uh, right? Denelson uh, Lamette? Yes, but oh man, don't that name what might have been harms me. You know the what's the WWE guy, Vince McMahon? You know yeah. that he was special meme? That's how yeah. I feel about Denelson Yes, Lamette. Yes, I That's do. That's how know I feel one. about Denelson Lamette. Every time yeah. I think about him, that 2020 season and even <sighs> little parts of 2018, just it makes me sad that he just got completely wrecked by injuries. So this is actually kind of a who's who of relievers. Uh, Buddy Bauman, probably don't really remember that much, but uh, Craig Stammen, or Stamen, mm, Kirby course. Yates, Brad Hand, who's a Minnesota native, I might add, and then Phil Maton took the loss. I believe he gave up a homer. Yeah, he gave up a homer to Eddie Rosario in the – that was a walk-off homer in the 10th. That's how it happened. Um, and Irvin <laughs> Santana pitched for the Twins that day. So – yeah, just kind of fun to go take a walk down memory lane. At least fun for me because the Twins are, like I said, eighteen eight and two at Target Field against the Padres and won that series by a combined nineteen to one. Um, let's talk about your Padres though. Nineteen and nineteen after this one, mm-hmm. and I, this is kind of a softball question, but is it fair to say you expected more out of these guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a. Uh... Oh man, yeah, that was like a a lob, the the lob, the jam. Um, I will say one thing: you doing that flashback really was a nice reminder. I think a lot of Padres fans are going to be happy. Just a reminder that like the best and most exciting. Oh my gosh, what if we have something? Player was like Ian Hervis Solarte back when we were <laughs> arguing about Austin Hedges at catcher. Not that our catcher situation is all that great right now either still you know and you forgot franimal don't forget uh fran mill reyes he was on that team too I'm just got sure. dfa I think. um yeah yeah and i feel, I feel bad he actually was, released him today yeah uh hunter renfro at the yep. time if you caught the right game he looked like the best baseball player to ever play the game well because I mean, he's a he's a dead ringer for mike trout so you just yeah it's probably a body double yeah exactly and uh, now they're on the same team still, yeah, he's still, he's still a quality player. Like he, he's yeah. gotten a little bit better at defense, so he's fine. Yeah. And then, of course, the the first baseman who was the beginning, in fairness, of the Padres actually going out and spending money. It didn't work out with him with Mister Hosmer, but yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I expected more. And I think that my vibe heading into sports is always, I'm always just going to be, I mean, I'm a, a fan of just the the biggest heartaches in, in, in sports. I mean, well, I'm so then you're a, you're fan. a Minnesota sports fan at heart. Oh, yeah. I mean, so you can relate, right? Like, it's oh, it's it's really yeah. tough. It's really tough. And, you know, with the Padres being a Chris Paul fan, being a certain fan of a certain team that used to be from San Diego that I can't name in the NFL because the people will get mad at me, rightfully. Yeah. Uh, but that team uh, breaks me in half every single year, although their NFL schedule release video was sick. I think anyone could admit that. Yeah, you know, it was. Um, it was. <laughs> let's talk about So Rare for just a second, then we'll yeah. come down the home stretch. It's it's a new sponsor, and the ambassadors are your very own Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez. Can you imagine two cooler young players? I'm thinking maybe like Jazz Chisholm, and he's already got his endorsement with the other mm-hmm. game that I don't think we can mention out loud. I'm not sure. But, mm-hmm. yeah, to pick two young players, brand ambassadors, or, or whatever you want to call them, very, very cool. And then this is basically uh, – you know, you just you get these cards and you compete against each other and you win really cool prizes. It's jerseys and tickets and all kinds of fun stuff, VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. But you play games uh, as twice weekly game game weeks in three and four day cycles. And at the end of the weeks, you uh, if you rank near or at the top of your leaderboard, that's how you can win. All depends on your competition and that sort of thing for what you will win. But go to so rare.com slash locked on. And that's spelled just like it sounds, S-O-R-A-R-E, just like how you would order your steak, SoRare.com, to draft your team. You get free player cards, set your lineup, and you start competing today to win epic rewards. You can also get scarce cards as your reward, too. Mm. So the more you play, the better you do, and it's just kind of one of those fun games where, um, you know, you may start neglecting important duties because it's pretty awesome. So uh, SoRare.com slash locked on. You can start playing today now we're coming down the home stretch here this is nice because i i prepared a nice little script i try to do that for every show and it's a lot easier to talk to somebody than not talk to somebody i'm sure you can uh mm-hmm. you can um attest my my this yeah, is absolutely. this is the start of my third month with locked on second time <laughs> around i was the initial locked on twins host before nash uh, really different. i did not know that yeah, it was a little different back four or five years ago, though. We'll just <laughs> He's say back. He yeah. said, I got one more in me. Prodigal son back. <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah, I'm getting into my third month. I'm starting to figure out the ropes. But still, man, 30 minutes every day by yourself uh, can be difficult. And I should probably not say that without full context. <laughs> um, yeah, we got Twins Cubs tomorrow, <laughs> 7, 10 p.m. Sunny against – it's going to be a sunny day against Drew Smiley and, um, you know, catch every pitch hometown broadcast with Corey and Danny, Danny Gladden. I don't know if you're familiar with him old time NL player with the giants back in the day and then twins world series hero, but Sirius XM on the SXM app. You can find that just search twins. Or if you want to catch the Padres broadcast, because you're listening to the crossover here, just search Padres. Who's uh, I think I have the pitching matchup, Blake Snell and Dustin may for the opener in uh in Chavez Ravine so that should be a fun pitching matchup we'll actually talk about that in just a second but I want to make sure your folks hear who's tomorrow and what time is that game at it's probably what seven o'clock local time I should check it out yeah, uh, I'm, I'm putting me, you on the spot no no it's, it's fine it's, it's it's at 10 o'clock eastern time so seven, <laughs> seven o'clock uh for the Padres folks most people is, is that hard to stay up for in, in your experience or not really 
Um, you look like I a person younger than me. So, <laughs> so I, I can't stay up like I used to, and I'm going to have to mm-hmm. because the Twins are going to play the Dodgers and the Angels here coming up. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I can't stay up like I used to. It depends. I go back and forth. Because I will say, hey, the, the rules, making the games just a little bit faster, very much appreciate that. Um, yep. It is very close, though. It's close, because there, there are some games I still remember a couple of years ago, and Padres fans will remember, a game that went like 16 innings between the Padres mm-hmm. and the Dodgers. It was, a, it was a Wednesday or a Thursday, I can't remember which day. And the Padres, of course, end up losing. And it's funny, because in that game, Tatis actually ties it after the Dodgers took the lead in like the 15th. So then we got to another inning, and I was like... Look, that's awesome, and of course Tatis tied it, but also I am tired, and I don't know how much longer I'm going to last. And when you come out on the the bad side of those things, it's just right. it's not a good feeling. Uh, yeah, if you're, if you're staying up that late, you deserve a victory. So mm. um, one thing I thought, too, uh, Fernando Tatis looks pretty smooth in right field. I was impressed with how he handled mm-hmm. things out there. Again, small sample size, and I didn't look at data to really – uh, back that up in the sense that it hasn't he hasn't been out there enough for them to say oh his UZR and all that stuff is mm-hmm. is uh, stable but I feel like he looked pretty smooth out there which is an attest a testament to just what kind of athlete he is yeah and that's the thing is is everybody was like oh Tatis can play right field I mean look he's super fast he's got the athleticism he's got the arm strength and agreed but it's yep. I've always found judging outfield defense to be so funny because, you know, Joey Gallo, a player that's on your team, you'd think that this hulking home run hitter would be like, oh, I bet he's not good in the outfield. He's actually great. He's really good. Uh, historically, over the course of his career, he's had some blips in there. The Yankees' mm-hmm. time wasn't all that great. But for the most part, he's a good defensive player. And guys who you think are speedy speedsters or whatever, not not always. So it can depend. But the peripherals so far have matched. He had a nice outfield assist actually in this series. That went a little bit, you know, a little bit viral because he threw the ball 100 miles per hour to nail. I forgot who it was at home. Korea. Um, it was Korea at home. So yeah. that was awesome. And it was one of the highlights of the series. Tatis's um, move to the outfield has been so far looking like, okay, on top of them doing it back in 2021, mostly to keep him healthy. The fact that he's also looking pretty proficient there is a huge plus for this Padres team. And like I, I can't emphasize that enough because if he was bad out there and then yeah. you also have some questions with Juan Soto in the outfield, mm-hmm. you have two huge plus bats. But then to have two minus defenders, that could create some issues. But that's been one thing that's so far. And I'm still concerned. I don't, I'm not buying fully the defense. But so far, Padres defense almost at every position, despite how many different, you know, even Soto to left field, Tatis to the outfield, uh, Jake Cronenworth to first base, Hassan Kim to second base. For the most part, Padres defense has been really good. So that's the biggest, dare I say, overall plus of the team so far this year is that they've been pretty great defensively. Uh, Two-pronged question. Mm-hmm. First of all, level of surprise that they landed Xander Bogart, Bogarts, easy for mm-hmm. me to say. And then your early thoughts on him because there was that blazing hot start. His numbers are still good, mm-hmm. but for as hot as he was, you do have to slow down considerably to get where he is now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Red Sox missing him in some form or fashion always because he's just – you know, he was a mainstay there and, you know, the, they've let those guys, Mookie Betts go, Xander go. They gave Devers a ton of money, but even Ben Benintendi, pretty good player that walked out of the door. Um, you know, it's it's not the old days in Boston anymore. And that's because Bogertz is, is with you guys. How surprised were you? And then too, yeah, how would you grade him early on? Great question. I think that with Bogarts, 
I was one of those people who was like, can't wait for the offseason. Michael Conforto is my top target. You know, stuff like that. Like those middle-tier free agents. Because my thing was like, look, they just traded for Soto. I mean, they might try to extend the guy. Mm-hmm. Like, now you try and build the tertiary pieces. And the Padres laughed at me. They threw my podcast audio out and used it as, like, motivational music, maybe. And <laughs> then they said, actually, we're signing Xander Bogarts. And it was funny because you had those early rumors that were like, they tried to sign Trey Turner. They called Aaron Judge. And I was like, whoa, they are serious, serious about spending in this team. And that's great to see. That's great to see. Even after all the moves, they're not, they're not satisfied. And there's so many teams in baseball that you see how they go really far. And then they're like, ah, never mind. Your Tampa Bay Rays, your Milwaukee Brewers, right? Teams that have been good and they kind of settle for that. And the Padres aren't. So that's really great. And yeah, like you said, I mean, he started off on fire. Um, and I think that he's still going to be a good player. He's still one of the most consistent bats in the league, but he's hitting a little bit of a, a, a rough patch uh, mm-hmm. right now. I still think he looks okay. And the defense has been good, which is the the other thing about him. Historically, not the best defender, but last year just seems to have figured something out. So really excited about that. Um, but hey, his BABIP was super high. It was at like yeah. 360 at one point. <laughs> that usually means you're going to go down in your batting average. But even still, if the overall slash line, which is about like a 270 average, 360 on base. If that stays there, maybe hits 20 home runs or such, plays good defense, that's an all-star player right there. So I'd be totally fine with that. Um, I I wasn't expecting Bogarts to be an MVP uh, quality player, but like that that second tier right behind the MVP players uh, potentially. So I've been thrilled with him so far. And when the team was struggling, he was there. So I know he stinks right now, but out of the gate, he showed up for a team that had so much – expectations so i still gotta give him a lot of credit for that yeah a few more things and then i'll let you go padres la uh fewest errors highest fielding percentage and a lot of times you know statistically errors don't tell us that much because guys don't mm-hmm. get to balls and that sort of thing but does it pass the sniff test that this team is really good defensively to this point <sighs> see people are gonna get mad at me but not yet i want to wait a little bit longer sure um i think that the tatis thing is really I think he's shown me a decent amount that he's not going to be terrible out there. That much I'll say. He's not going to be one percentile outs above average, which was not something that I thought would happen, but it was a fear. You know, you yeah. never know if he's just going to be not great. Um, I'm not totally buying. I know the outs above average for Juan Soto is good, but he bobbled the ball in the last game of this, and I've seen so many little weird errors. So not fully buying him yet, but mm-hmm. I think they can be good. Uh, uh, certainly. I think they've shown a decent amount to prove me wrong there. I still have questions because of how many people change their positions, but overall, I, I really like what I've seen. And that's been probably the reason that they're 19 and 19. Just yeah. overall, they don't really excel in any category right now, whether it be starting pitching ERA or bullpen or run scores, certainly not batting average and certainly not runs in scoring position, but defense has kind of been their calling card. And that matters, uh, yep. particularly in the regular season. Uh, pro rates over the course season. So I've loved that. I think they can be pretty good. I do. I still have questions about Soto. That's probably my biggest red flag. What do we take from the twins not having to face Joe Musgrove and Blake Mm. Snell? Obviously Musgrove season getting off to a slow start, not, not in terms of necessarily pitching poorly, but just not healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, I have him in my score sheet league. So that's how I know he wasn't pitching because I was taking zeros there. But (laughs) um, yeah, him and Snell twins miss those two guys. Is that, a good thing for them is that just not really a big deal because it's early and those guys aren't who they need to be. Again, I know Musgrove has been iffy, but that's two really dang good pitchers. Yeah. Um, with Musgrove, that's the funny thing about the Padres is when they got Musgrove back and they got Tatis back, it was like, okay, now 
we can judge the team now that they got kind of the really like the heart of the team, those two players from their respective sides. And Musgrove, his stats are a little bit inflated, got lit up in the Mexico City series because everybody did, uh, apparently. So that mm-hmm. was a part of it. But um, yeah, I mean, that's huge. He hasn't been amazing so far, but the steadiness of him, he's going to have a good stretch. He's not going to be a guy who finishes with an ERA. I don't think below like, you know, two, five, like he's not going to be that kind of guy, but he'll flirt with aceness. And I do take into account that that series against the Dodgers prime time on ESPN delivered a really great quality start. So that's what I think Musgrove is. I know the Mets fans are still, you know, running their mouths a little bit, including SNY. I still got beef with the Mets fans, even though I literally like they're my second team. If the Padres lose, I would root for them because of Lindor. But I still got a little bit of beef there, but I don't know. I think overall, Musgrove will be fine. My biggest thing is just the depth and the runners in scoring position. I think that's the biggest red flags with the Padres so far. And I mean, come on. Can you hit better than the Royals? That'd be nice. Yeah. I don't think I'm asking for too much there. I really don't. I really don't. Not. Um, random question. Do you have any hope for Cole Hamels to be on this team at any point this season? <laughs> uh, I'm hoping he doesn't make an appearance because that would suggest that somebody gets hurt. You know, you're Michael Waka. He's had trouble staying healthy through yep. at, at times in his career. Yep. Um, you know, that's that's one that could that could pop up if something goes wrong. You know, Seth Lugo, he's transitioning to a starting pitching role. Had a good outing against the Twins, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if there's an injury there or if maybe he just struggles and they have to put him back in the pen, hopefully they're not at that point. Because the last time they were at that point was 2021 and they were bringing in Jake Arrieta and Vince Velasquez. Not trying to hit on those guys too much, especially with Arietta. He had a great career, World Series champion. But mm-hmm. at that time, he was just a name, and he yep. was really bad and was kind of one of the faces of, wow, we have no depth on the team, that we're just kind of throwing darts and hoping that someone has the holy grail uh, in their yeah. locker and that can return to their earlier form. So uh, hopefully that's not the case, uh, even if there are some fans out there that would just for nostalgia's sake like to see him. I'm cool. Go look up the YouTube highlights. I'm good. I don't want to see Cole Hamels. I'm good. I've got all of that. How many thumbs up or thumbs down for the new rules? Uh, Games sped up, bigger bases, et cetera, et cetera. I'm all for it. Hey, I'm the person. I I thought I'd I'd be two down. I'm actually two up. I was one of those people who was up for the the zombie runner, and that actually ends up hurting the Padres in this series. I'm still for it, man. I just think that 162 games, I don't mind if 15 of them are different uh, in some way, even if it's a little bit silly. I like silliness in sports sometimes. And, you know, yes, it hurts because it was, especially against Hater, it was a, you know, line, right, barely fair ball that ends up being the the scoring run. But my response is also, well, win the game before him. Yep. Oh, well, we're away. Yeah, that's the negative of being away sometimes. So there has to be home field and all these type of things. So it stinks, but I'm hoping that um we'll get on the better side of those things, hopefully. Well, take good care of Nelly Cruz for us. I know Twins yes. fans still... Think fondly of him. Coming up for you guys, it's Snell and Dustin May, Joe Musgrove and Julio Urias, Michael Waka, and Tony Gonsalin. Should be a solid three-gamer for you guys through the weekend. Anything we didn't touch base on or anything you wanted to put out there? Not too much, man. Look, thank you for asking all the questions. I appreciate just taking the lead, Mr. Brandon Warren, a a veteran. My first first (laughs) crossover where I drove the ship, which... um, No, uh, no icebergs yet, but I am in Minnesota, so keep that in mind. Love that, man. And, and honestly, I, I still like that Twins team. I think that division has been the subject of much slander. The AL ridicule, yeah. ridicule, ridicule is yeah, the AL, the, the AL mid, yeah, the AL mid. Yeah. Um, but hey, 
I still think that Twins team is fun. Congratulations on keeping Carlos Correa. I know he's been struggling a little bit at points this year, but hey, I think that team can make some noise too. All you got to do is make the playoffs. And Pablo Lopez has been good. You guys are responsible for the rare even trade. It's yep. so rare. It never happens. It's always prospects for stars and this and that. And we'll see you later. This was just yep. great pitcher for great position player. I, I kind of, I, I love that. I think that that's always really cute when it happens. Yeah, cute. Yeah, the Sunny Gray <laughs> one turned out good too because Chase Petty has been really good for the Reds. It's always good to see good baseball trades uh, because the Tyler Malley one did not go mm. quite like that. Anyway, um, you on Twitter at Locked On Padres, is that? Yeah, at LO underscore Padres for the show. And then uh, Javi Peño, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. If people are not watching on YouTube, you can catch him on Twitter. Also find us at Locked On Twins at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E-N. Thanks again for making Locked On Twins and Locked On Padres your first listen every day. Again, everydayers come back. I will have a full preview of the upcoming Cubs series. Our friend Javier will talk to you about the Dodgers and we'll have a lot of fun subscribe like give us a five star rating on whatever platform you are listening or watching on and hang out in the comments section i love to get questions from you we'll hang out in the bullpen tomorrow talk about these cubbies who we haven't seen for a while i got to cover a game at wrigley actually a series and it was like 200 degrees and there was a a stretch where williams astadio logan morrison and then like someone else were in the outfield so it was absolutely ridiculous um so the Twins and Cubs are always a fun series. But this is Brandon Warren signing off saying thank you so much. Thanks again to our friend Javier for hopping on the show. Don't forget to stop by tomorrow. This is Locked On Twins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.